This is Longevity Now, the place for all your news and views of life extension from around the world. About two years ago, Liz Parrish became one of the world's most famous biohackers, taking a chance on gene therapy. You might be wondering how it all turned out. So far, so good. You won't believe where Liz and her company, BioViva, are headed next. Listen in to get all the details. And now I would like to welcome to the Longevity Now podcast, Elizabeth Parrish, founder of BioViva. Welcome, Elizabeth. Hi, thanks for having me. It's nice to be back. It's been yes. a while. Yeah, it's been a couple of years since you were last on the podcast, and that was at the time when you we were just starting uh, your adventure of, let's say, biohacking, creating new treatments for rejuvenation. It's been a couple of years since your groundbreaking experiment. Uh, how do you feel? You know, how is your health? Is there anything that uh, you'd like to share with everyone? Uh, something new that you tried? There's always some sort of risk. Is everything going well? Actually, you know, everything's going really well. So when we got the first data, you know, we saw the six-fold reduction in C-reactive proteins and the 25% reduction in, in fasting blood glucose levels. We also saw the 50% reduction in triglycerides. My levels stay about the same. Uh, we are looking into other areas since then. Uh, we, we are trying to dig a little bit deeper on my health. And so we did a lot of cancer tests. And so far, so when you do a cancer test, it's like high, moderate, or low risk, they're low risk, which is fantastic. And that's what we really hope to see. So I'm feeling great. We haven't seen any off-target things. I guess time will tell. I guess I'm, I'm a little bit like the, the old mice that were treated. We'll see if I live healthier longer. Uh, biomarkers are one good indication uh, that you can sort of project into the future, but there are no good biomarkers of biological aging. So we're going to talk about what BioViva is doing later in this conversation. But we have found a couple companies who have some interesting uh, testing, and we'll be moving forward with them in order to look at people's biomarkers and get it as close as possible. But without, you know, actual strong biomarkers of aging and just biomarkers of general health, there are missing pieces. Yeah, but I know the uh, current biomarker testing is not optimal, but I guess at least gives us a clue as to our biological age, even if it's not completely accurate. How often do you test some of those health or aging biomarkers? Uh, well, we do testing several times a year. And so the testing that we do might vary for different areas that we want to look into and different suggestions that people have for us to look at. I am due to receive another spectrocell test uh, to see what the length of the telomeres are. You know, I mean, not everybody likes their test. And unfortunately, it's the one we started with. So it was the test that we had the pre-sample on. And so it's the one that we continue with. And we'll see what the averages are in the next couple months, it takes them a little while to get back. And then we hopefully we'll have some new and interesting data to put out there. But, you know, as we move forward into other people being, uh, treated now, uh, what we'll be looking for is the whole breadth of biomarkers uh, that we can come up with it. Well, we've already, we already have them, them all tucked away now waiting for patients uh, that will give us the best assessment. So let's say one biomarker looks really good, uh, but another one looks really bad. Well, what does that mean? 
what does that mean to today's health? If your LDLs go up temporarily because you've increased your muscle mass and you're, you know, you're reducing the amount of intramuscular fat, well, that would be expected. But if they stay up, uh, then, you know, what does that mean over the long run? And is that bad or is that good? So I think that this will be very telling as we move forward. And what we definitely need is more uh, than an N equals one. And you mentioned, just want to be clear here for the listeners, that in all of the aging biomarker tests and health marker tests that you've taken, things really haven't changed too much in the last couple of years. So after your treatment, a few markers got better and they've stayed relatively good. Is that a proper statement to say? Yeah, that's right. And I will be doing some more because we'd like to test it as it goes, as we go out from treatment to ensure that the treatment is sticking with us. You know, our doctor for BioViva, our main doctor, Dr. Williams, also did the, the full statin gene therapy uh, several years before I did it. And, you know, he continues to have expression of his gene therapy as well. So we have a, a couple people on that. And then, of course, the company is very private about patients. But as we will work into this conversation, we'll talk about some of the things that we're doing that patients will be private, but the, the data will be a little bit more available. Okay. And a couple of years ago, of course, your treatment was the uh, folostatin gene therapy to downregulate myostatin and also a gene therapy to extend telomeres. Has BioViva developed any changes, refinements, or updates to that treatment protocol? Or is there anything new that you also plan to be doing? That's a really good question. We know that to treat biological aging, it's going to be a combinatorial therapy. It's very unlikely that one gene is going to be the silver bullet, although we are looking at genes that give us the best advantage right now. So as far as that gene therapy, we're doing a couple of things. We're looking at different uh, AAVs uh, that might be um, have a better transfection rate so that we can use less of the therapy. And we're also um, starting a company uh, for investors who are interested called BioViva Research and Development, and we're going to work on a new delivery method for gene therapy. And this will be fantastic for the company for a couple of reasons, and it may help a lot of other companies too. We're looking for an expeditious route, maybe even something that can be given intranasal. With a high transfection rate, it will be able to fit a myriad of different products. So you can put a gene of your choice in it and it actually fits large genes. And it might be able to fit even more than one gene, uh, up to three genes or more. So we're really, really excited about this. Uh, recent big news as well is that you've partnered with Integrative Health Systems to develop and test out this therapy. Can you give us a little idea of how that partnership works? Yeah, absolutely. So BioViva itself, being a U.S. company, was having a very hard time without running very expensive and slowly done trials, uh, get, having a very hard time accessing patients and, and actually legally accessing patients. So over the last couple of years, we, we met a group and uh, they started a company called Integrated Health Systems. And it's a brokership for patients who are interested in taking consensual use for patient paid for trials. And the fantastic thing about that is BioViva can do what it does best. So we have bioinformaticians and we have collected those because they 
they are interested in what the outcome of these type of therapeutics are. So BioViva now can focus on bioinformatics and see what happens with patients uh, after they take therapies and follow them through, through as much of their lifetime as they will allow us to do. Integrative health systems can give patients access to the therapies. And then our doctor network, our fantastic group of medical doctors, many of them from the U.S., who want to offer their patients something new, who are tired of seeing their patients die and want to come into much more powerful therapeutics. And they're they're basically work on the humanitarian side of the equation uh, where patients don't have an option. And so this gives us the ability, this this group, uh, the ability to basically collect the data that will help us expedite these type of therapeutics uh, forward in a very safe and, and effective way, as safe as we possibly can be. And when people heard about the IHS partnership, a lot of people wondering, how can I join in these paid for trials? And a crucial question is, knowing the regulatory environment around the world, what countries can people participate? Is it available in the US, in the EU, different areas? Right. So we're trying to get it, uh, help doctors uh, become available in a myriad of places. Uh, your pre and post work will very likely be done in the United States if you're a U.S. citizen. Uh, they can facilitate it being done elsewhere. Remember, I am not directly involved with IHS. I'm a partner to IHS. So right. we're just bioinformatics uh, people. I believe that right now uh, some of the therapeutics will be in South and Central America. So it's very close to where we're at now. And we'll expand as we go from there. These are done over under very serious consensual forms that you understand uh, what you're participating in, that you understand the risks, including death, because that is a risk, and that that you fully know the process. And so, you know, the documentation would go through the process. And this is really important. We do not expect death, um, but you always have to be prepared for anything because you're having patients come in with a myriad of ailments. So the next question you probably have with wanting to ask me is what does it cost I can't actually advertise costs but I can tell you that BioViva ourselves because we're the bioinformatics company came in with a really good idea that seems to be accepted by IHS and the medical doctors and that is actually having the availability for those who want to participate in whole body um therapeutics, which are, are really cost prohibitive, uh, quite honestly, they're very expensive. But we have actually reduced it down uh, and started to create our protocols now, some of them are finished, for organ-specific treatments. And this is very exciting because, of course, BioViva wanted to be the, the company that was responsible for the whole body age reversal, and we still want to do that, but we need to collect data on these therapeutics of how well they work. And so when we look at organ-specific type of therapeutics, we're actually creating a scenario where gene therapy costs much less. We have a lot of patients uh, in renal failure, you know, with chronic kidney disease, liver failure, 
dementia. This is one of our targets. And if we treat the specific organ that is having the problem and we actually look at the data, we're going to get what we think is much cleaner data. Because uh, when you throw a whole bunch of gene therapy into a whole organism like myself, uh, you know, what you hope for is the organism reverts back to 20 year old, but that's not really how biology works. And that's how we want it to work. And so in order to get it to work that way, we need a lot better understanding. And the organ specific treatments, I think will help us do that again, in a way that that uh, patients can actually afford the treatments. Uh, they're not much more expensive uh, than stem cell treatments and actually, uh, in some cases might be less. And we can actually look at that organ and, and see what happens. And if the therapy doesn't work on that organ, then what we could do is glean from that, that this therapy and a whole body might still work, but wouldn't work on that organ. And that is priceless information. So what we're trying to do is help people sooner in a more affordable way, but collect this really vital data. And for people who are interested, they can just go to the IHS website and fill out a form to get the process started. Yeah, and it's kind of a long name. It's integrated-health-systems.com, and, okay. and that's, that's where you can go. Or you can come straight through BioViva, and uh, the, the assistance at BioViva will just uh, put you straight through, you know, send you a link to the website. Okay, last question here. A couple of years ago when you first started out on this adventure, uh, there was a lot of bad press saying that what you were doing was dangerous, it was very expensive, you had to go out of country to get the treatment done, but now it seems you've got the ball rolling. And I just wanted to know, what has been the most difficult part about starting a business based on rejuvenation biotech? What advice would you give to other people there's the whole world of rejuvenation biotech is wide open right now and there's a lot of people out there who think that maybe they can get in uh, on this and help people what is your advice for starting a company like this what I would suggest, well, I would suggest that you connect with BioViva. So the great thing about this partnership is, is that we want to launch other companies drugs through it so that they can get their first 10 or 15 patients when their drug is patient ready through this network to ensure that the drug that they're working on is going to have success what we really need to do is create a biotech atmosphere where companies don't raise hundreds of millions of dollars to find out that their drug is not actually going to make it through trials we can give the invaluable data give the bioinformatics on what happens in 10 of your patients and then actually help you either modify that drug or move that drug forward um, with your investors. And it should be much easier to find investment at that point. So BioViva is a platform, so we're kind of here for everybody. But if you started with a general idea in, in this area, I mean, hopefully we've busted down a bunch of barriers to help you have a success. We want successful drugs out there. So we don't believe in zero-sum games. So, you know, any way that we can help other companies get started and other people get started is fantastic. But it's a tricky area. So we are now just moving on to do what we intended to do the first year because we got pretty busy with traveling and meeting with people and meeting with governments and all the excitement that was going on around the world. I think the most important thing is you just stay really focused on your goal, stick with your passion 
if you don't believe in what you do, you better modify it and just be prepared to persevere because, of course, the media is it's easier to sell negative things uh, or to get people to read them, they think, than it is uh, not to. And so, you know, the media is going to be rough and you can't control it. Uh, You just really have to believe in what you're doing and, and not be bothered by it. Well, Elizabeth Parrish, thank you so much for joining us on the Longevity Now podcast. I hope in a couple of years we can have you as a guest once again and we'll all be a couple of years younger. (laughs) That would be fantastic. I hope that uh, somehow we play a big role in that. (laughs) All right. Have a good afternoon. You too. If you have been listening to the latest Longevity Now podcasts with David Goebel, Johnny Adams, and now Liz Parrish, you should be getting a sense that rejuvenation research has taken another step forward. New therapies are rapidly moving into human trials. Soon, we won't have to rely upon rarely applicable data from experiments on worms, flies, and mice. Exciting times are ahead. Until next time, I'm Justin Lowe.